like for Hudson, for instance, I will give him his whole meal together, including dessert. And it's no good or bad. It's not, oh, if you eat your broccoli, then you're rewarded with this. For us, I think we live in a culture where it's so reward-based of like, oh, if you eat good, then you'll have this bad thing. And then we Mm -hmm. have that narrative in our head, which really deep down we all deal with, right? We're like, oh, I've been really bad this week. I'm going to eat healthy and then feel better and work out a little and feel better. Um, You know, and yes, those things do make you feel better, but that narrative is so important. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Welcome back. It's Tuesday, your favorite day of the week, because you get to hang with me and Christina. Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm so excited. We have so many fun things. Our live show is this week. Crazy. How are you feeling? Like, I'm kind of getting like, I'm like nervous. Like, I'm terrified. The last time I spoke in front of a big group of people like this was like never. Well, I don't know. I think I've done like a panel or something, but hey, I'm going to, I'm scared. I'm like scared, but excited. I'm terrified, but terrified, but excited. <laughs> Who was I talking to that was like, oh my gosh, I got tickets for your show. It was like just friends of friends. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wait a minute. Like, it's not even just people who follow us online and listen to the podcast. It's like, I have like friends coming. I'm like, I'm more nervous for like friends. Is that weird? No, I always get more nervous in front of friends and family because okay, I'm like, okay. I don't, Same. and I don't know why, but I'm like, ah. I know. I'm just like, what if like I'm not as funny as I think I am? No, you're funny. Okay, but okay, I will okay, say yeah, I needed that. <laughs> what? I was watching. Okay, there's nothing more uncomfortable than a comedian who's like flopping. But like yes, it is, sure. but it is part of like being. Uh, we're not comedians. We're not real. We're, we're not, not comedians at all. No, no one thinks we're comedians. No, I know. But except I saw us. on TikTok. Yeah, except for us. I saw on TikTok this girl who used to be on The Bachelor. I don't know who it is. But she was doing this like comedy set, like she's getting into stand up and she was flopping. And I was like, we've got to cancel the show. Do it. <laughs> no. I was like, oh my God, what's going to be us? Dude, that makes me nervous. No, it's not. No, um, no. it's going to be so good. It's going to be so much fun. I like just thrive, I feel like, in live energy, honestly. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. I can't wait. I just can't believe it's coming out so soon. So hopefully we'll see a bunch of you there and meet you in person. Yeah, I cannot wait to see all you and meet all you. I love doing live events and like bringing everyone together. So this is going to be epic, epic. Oh my gosh. Also, if you are coming, you should, we need to do something on the Facebook group so everyone can coordinate and like kind of meet each other there and be like, oh yeah. Go get a drink before. So That'd be good. People, you guys should, if you're going and you're in New York, post in the Facebook group and be like, hey, let's go get a drink at this place before. I have no, I don't even know where it is in New York. I know nothing about New York. So I... It's in Chelsea. Oh, it's in Chelsea. Okay, perfect. Amazing. (laughs) Good to know. Amazing. It's going to be so good. So anyways, I'm so excited about that. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's like the perfect way to kick off my New York City adventure. Which, definitely. by the way, I leave on Friday... And I still have nowhere to live. And 
I'm just really trusting that the universe is going to pull through. Everyone in my life is like, Rand, do you have an update? Like, do you have an update? I'm like, I I promise everyone, if I have one, I'll share it with the group. You will be the first. I'm like, my friends and family will be the first to know. I feel like I'm the only one not worried about it. No, you're not worried because this is how you live your daily life. And I'm like, oh, I'm like really channeling my inner Christina. You are. You're like, you got it. Friday, that's three whole days. Whereas everyone else (laughs) in my life is like, Friday? Only three days? (laughs) (laughs) You'll figure it out. It's going to end up working out. Yeah. By the time this airs, I will be in my sick apartment in New York City. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be awesome. I'm just. You have someone subletting your place, right? Yes. But if you're my landlord, no. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I think you're no one tell Rand's landlord. I think it's fine. I guess I was just asking because like, what is there an option? Like if you decide you don't want to be there for November, you could just go for December. No, I'm going to stay no matter what. I'm just going to have to settle on some things. Like I ideally envision it being like, I want to live November in one place, December in another place. Mm-hmm. Whereas moving around a lot just takes a lot of energy and it's hard for work. And I want to yeah. like settle in to a place and like get into like a routine. I don't want to be moving around that much. But so you want to be in two different places, not just one. I mean, if I can oh, yeah, find cause... one, ideally I can't, I would, lo- I would probably stay two months in one place, but I haven't been, I haven't seen an option for that yet in all the places that I'm looking. So to be determined, but there is like a potential for people like, oh, from this, from the October 25th to November 10th, just like random dates like that. Got it. So there are options, but I'm choosing not to take them because it doesn't fit my vision is where I'm at. It doesn't fit my vision for you either. If worse comes to worse, my parents have three empty bedrooms. Okay. You can stay here for a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I will be eating well all. Said, I promise you. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll be eating all of the spanakopita. How do you say it? That was pretty good. Spanakopita. Yeah. Spanakopita. Yeah. Okay. What's up with you, Miss New Jersey? Oh my gosh, guys. We've been having so much fun back east. We're here for three weeks about which kind of sounds like a long time, right? Like when we were booking, we're like, okay, three weeks is a long time. Now it's like, oh my gosh, like we extend, like it feels like it goes by so, so quickly just because we just jam pack everything in. And honestly, like our, we grew up here. So our lives are here. So many of our people are here and then combine that with like work and weddings. And then the show, it's just been go. Also, I finally filmed the Drew Barrymore show, which was like the best thing ever. I just love it so much. And we're working with them on a couple other segments. So I'm so excited. Oh my God. You did not tell me that till right now. Wait, I didn't? I guess I did. You were like potentially. Oh yeah. But it's confirmed. I mean, I don't have dates confirmed. We're like working on trying to confirm dates. Incredible. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah. So that's really exciting. So hopefully that just happens. And honestly, like it just you know when like things just feel right like it just felt yep. so good being on stage and like doing the show and I had no nerves like I just was like no I got this and just like having I feel like I haven't had that level of confidence I guess I shouldn't say that I feel pretty confident about a lot of things but I just felt so alive. good in that moment yeah like where I was like so sure of myself and that's a really good feeling that means you're on um, the right path so yeah so it come out for everyone to watch Oh my gosh. It doesn't come out until January, which is the annoying part, but it's fine. I think that'll just start the year off with the bang. Exactly. Well, we will all be very excited to watch in January 4th. Stay tuned. I'll update you as I have more information, but super, super pumped about that. That's amazing. How was Drew? I'm obsessed with her. Oh my gosh. She was so nice. 
And you know what's funny? When they booked me on the show, when they first originally called me, they're like, Drew's a big fan of yours. She requested you. And I'm like, (laughs) no. And I was like, okay, they say that to everyone. And I was talking to my friend who works in TV and he was like, no, actually, I don't know if they do say that to everyone. And I was like, no, I'm sure they do. And anyways, turns out like she has seen my stuff and like, she did know who I was beforehand. And she was so nice and like hyped me up to the studio audience. And we have a mutual friend who works with her, who I guess showed her my content was like, you should, you would like this girl. We should have her on. And I honestly, like, for some reason, didn't believe all of it. Do you know what I mean? Until she was saying it herself. But she was so, so lovely. Um, She was great, like, so professional. Like, sometimes you don't know how people are on TV. Like, do they actually have to do a million takes of things? Or are they just nice to you for the moment? And then as soon as the cameras go off, like, they're like, just have nothing to do with you. She was so gracious, so warm, so welcoming. So, yeah, all good things. That's amazing. I would so fangirl. And she's so beautiful. I would fangirl. Like, like not that I didn't think she was beautiful, but like, she's like even prettier in person. Whoa. Oh, okay. So you and Drew knew BFFs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but (sighs) she was quite lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think she'd come to our live show? You know what? (laughs) She actually did offer to be a guest to host a segment. I was like, eh. Maybe next time, Drew. Maybe next time, Drew. You know. Sorry. We got this for now. We're fully booked. We're fully booked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that is incredible. We can't wait to watch. And hopefully see you on there many more times. Yeah, hopefully. What else has been going on with you? That's it. But, I mean, okay, so this is what I've been obsessing over. I mean, my, my life right now has been really just fully encompassed on moving to New York and like I have so again um, I feel like this is like before you went to Europe you're like oh by the way like in case anyone forgot I'm going to Europe in case I haven't mentioned it in the last five seconds I'm going to New York like I'm like <laughs> I, I just get very fixated on certain things I and mean like, on your life on like the yes. big things happening it's okay to be like that okay thank you but like I have made a list of like all of the other people in New York I want to reach out to to like get together with like girls I want to because I think this is a really good opportunity because we always get asked like how do I make friends in a new city how do I whatever and I'm like I am going to lead by example okay I am going to because that's the one thing that is like I'm getting like anxious and nervous about is having to start over because it took me like a while to meet like I don't even, I lived here for like a year before I met you. Like it took me a long time to like meet people. So I'm just really diving in and trying to make friendships, getting back into dating. I've set up my profile. I'm going to do a little online dating, but I really am focusing also in person or in person dating. And, but this is okay. So I was scrolling through TikTok as you do. And there was this thing, this astrologer who I follow, she was like, there is a solar eclipse on October 25th. And for certain rising signs, for certain signs, it's going to be like major life changes are happening. And I just think it's so crazy. One of my, my, my sign was there. Like I was trying to move to. Wait, what sign was it? It's Leo, oh, I'm gonna have to watch. The Don't video. make this just about you, Ran. Okay, like we need to know okay, well, if our signs are included in this major monumental moment as well. Okay, well, I'm a Leo, so like, how do I make this about me? Okay, hold on, let me pull up the video. As an Aries, I need to know if this applies to me as well. I'm just gonna play you guys the video, okay? 
because... But especially Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, and Aquarius placements are about to experience a major world shift, which is about to completely change their entire future because we have a solar eclipse on October 25th. Eclipse season is about to push you in the right direction. It's going to accelerate your life, and you're likely going to have to make many sacrifices and life changes around that time. So whether you're ready or not, your life is about to change end of October. I'll be posting how each sign is affected by the eclipse, so follow the... So I just was like, whoa, I was trying to go way earlier in October. Like my first plan was like beginning of October. I want to be there. And then it was mid-October. And now it's like, how crazy is it that I'm going to be going right around that time? I think I'm going to move into the apartment on the 25th. I just think this is really crazy. I'm just like, whoa, this is so wild how it's working out. So I've been kind of obsessed over that. And then I posted that on my Instagram and I got a few messages and I screenshotted them because I got chills, okay? Just with, I've never felt such a peace about doing something and I just feel super excited and just like I'm, how you said you felt really like you're doing the right thing when you mm-hmm. were on doing Drew Barrymore. That's how I feel about this move. And I got a few messages and this girl was like so random as I don't person know you personally, but I'm highly intuitive and I can just feel how amazing this will be for you. I see you staying there closer to two years. I'm so excited. Your energies are about to align. And I just was like, whoa. Like, That's awesome. Like, that's such a good vibe. That's good so vibes. We have good vibes. So honestly, that's what I'm, that's what I'm obsessing over. And I'm really going to be documenting a lot of stuff on TikTok. And obviously, I'm sure sharing way more details here. But the New York adventure is starting, people. It is starting. And I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait either. I just... I would love for you to get a two bedroom if we're being honest with you when you finally find that's the a pl- place to live permanently. That is the goal. That would be the goal. And I've said this before, but like all when I was graduated college and like moved to LA, all of my friends lived in the city and like slowly but surely they all have left. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have no one in New York City anymore. So the fact that you are going there now, it just, oh. It thrills me. I'll be there. I'll have a little bedroom set up for you. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, can you have a bedroom for me too? I'm so excited for you. Well, I've been just obsessed with being on the East Coast as well and just fall on the East Coast and honestly like doing all of the basic bitch stuff that I feel like we all have made fun of over the years. And honestly, I'm like, this isn't basic. This is exciting. This is fun. This is like celebrating like life's little moments. So I've just been living in that. Like, honestly, when we were in New York City, it was like all of a sudden cold and rainy and the leaves were falling. I was like, this is the most romantic moment we've ever had. Then we went to the park and like there, I swear to you, I saw the most beautiful tree I've ever seen in my life. You guys know how like I stop and smell the flowers. Okay. This tree, I literally gasped when I saw it. I was like, Steve, look at that tree. He's like, wow, that's a beautiful tree. (laughs) (laughs) It was so orange. I was like, Nicholas, what color is that tree? He's like, orange. And I was like, yeah, it is orange. It was so stunning. We like literally just laid in the leaves. I was like, you know how, like, when do you stop to lay on the ground and like stare up at the trees? Like not often enough, I'll tell you that. So it was just so fun. And then just like doing like little things. Like we went pumpkin picking. We've just been hanging out with families, just like wearing like all the cozy feels. I've just been, I've just been living for it. Honestly, it's been a while since we don't have really seasons in LA, like where you can like feel all of the vibes. Mm-hmm. Man, the vibes have been immaculate. I'll just say that. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Well, don't be. You'll be here soon enough. Yeah. And then it'll be cold and then I'll be complaining about it. But 
No. Also in this episode, we talk a lot about moving to the East Coast because we have on Michaela and Hunter McGrady. Hunter lives in New Jersey, pretty close to like the areas that we've looked in New Jersey too. And I feel like Hunter and I have been living symbiotic lives just really on are. opposite coast. But if you don't know who they are, they are Curve Models, content creators, and hosts of the Model Citizen podcast. And they are just so cool. I kind of feel like they're our long lost, like best friends that we, I feel like we're friends online, but we don't hang out in person. And I just love them so much. They have such incredible energy. They are probably like one of the best examples of sisters I've ever seen. The way they look up for each other, the way they respect and the way they have like gratitude for their families is just so inspiring. And I honestly, this episode kind of takes us through a whirlwind because of emotions, wouldn't you say, Ray? Yeah, I mean, we hear about how their mom raised them and how their parents raised them to practice gratitude and confidence and how weight wasn't discussed in their house. We talk about the loss of their brother and how that changed Um, each of them personally and how that changed their family and how they worked through that grief and can still find joy. We talked about some of like their major career wins, like walking in Sports Illustrated. We really just got like a, a, a look at to who they are. And I think there's some great takeaways in this episode, whether it's like body image, working with family, sister dynamics, grief, gratitude, Really, they're just two people I feel like you could sit down with and just talk to for hours because I was so captivated by what they've been through and how they've come to the other side and are sharing their message and inspiring other people's people to just live with such joy and conviction. Absolutely. Should we get into it? Yes. Welcome, Michaela and Hunter, to the podcast. Christina and I also both have sisters. Having sisters is the best. Like that sister dynamic, there's nothing like it. You guys are obviously very close now. What was like your relationship growing up and kind of how your relationship has evolved to what it is today? Yeah, well, I'm five years older than Hunter, actually. So we've always been close, right? But I feel like when there's that age gap, it's pretty big when you're like 10 and 15, So he was like always little sister. I just watched out for her babysat, took care of her. And then we really didn't start hanging out until Hunter was in what, like you were 18? Yeah, we started dating friends. Yeah, we started. So we started dating guys that were best friends. And so we started hanging out. Like it was just so funny the way that it all worked out. And then I looked at Hunter one day and I was like, wait, you're so cool which is like you're so cool and so gorgeous yeah and so so funny and smart and I was just like and I'm like I wonder how you got that way (laughs) oh dude a slam an absolute slam (laughs) because we all know that the older sister is the one that creates the younger um but yeah so I feel like we always had such a close-knit relationship but then it just evolved into just a very close friendship and I feel very fortunate for that And we've been through a lot together. Thank the Lord uh, for her. And yeah, I think just like cultivating this friendship has been so amazing and such a great opportunity. We literally don't go like an hour and a half without texting each other. Like we literally, if 
we have our locations on because I'm like, where are you? Like you, could you be doing something so important? You're not texting me back. Like we are just in constant communication and yeah, she's just, she's my best friend. I think that's so amazing. And I love how Michaela, you said that there was this moment where you kind of like saw Hunter for who she was yeah, versus like a little sister. Hunter, what was Michaela like in your eyes growing up? Was she someone who you kind of always looked up to? Like, did you have that moment of like, wait, she's actually really cool too. Or was she someone like, you didn't want to follow in her footsteps. You did. Like, how did that dynamic look for you? No, totally. Michaela also was like, like our mom worked a lot growing up. So Michaela really also was instrumental in playing that like motherly role in our lives. And I think for me, it was like, oh, she's like, that's like what an older sister does. Right. And then I would like talk to friends and they'd be like, what, you know, no, not really. But so she always like was with us and driving us places and doing things for us. And then it did finally switch when I got older to like, oh, wait, she is like my friend. She's my best friend. And I did also have that realization of like, I not only respect her as like an older sister and someone who's like helped take on this role, but also as like a person and as someone who I just so appreciate. And um, I've always looked up to her. Anything she's always done, whether it's fashion, whether it's work, relationships, I've always been like, okay, she's done it. And where she finds success in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what she did. And I think that is probably prevalent for a lot of little sisters or just little siblings in general. If of course there is that good relationship. Not me about to cry. That was beautiful. Not me who never cries. I'm like, am I going to fall apart right now? (laughs) It's just an absolute fall apart sweet I know but it is so important because I feel like female we talk so much about female friendships right and I just feel like the greatest female friendship that you can have sometimes is with your sister if you're lucky enough to have one but it's not always easy and to like navigate that and not only are you guys best friends but you also work together and you're Mm -hmm. in very similar you're in like the same industry so how did you like foster that relationship from being sisters to being friends to being I guess, almost like colleagues and working together and using that as in a collaborative way versus competitive, because there is always like a little competition that happens between sisters, at least in my opinion, whether it's placed on from your family or just like your inner dialogue or just from like, you know, public perception, whatever it is. We grew up with our parents saying you got the respect aspect was so huge in our family. Like And as an older sister, my parents were like, listen, they're watching you, whether you like it or not. So you need to take your role very seriously. And I did. And we all grew up. There was, we weren't allowed to like pick on each other. Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to say mean things to each other. It wasn't like, oh, they're just siblings. Like my parents were like, no, no, you all have respect for one another because you're in this family we're a team, there's a team dynamic. And so I feel like growing up, I just literally wanted the best for both of my siblings. I just wanted them to thrive. I don't, for whatever reason, have that competitive with the sibling thing in me. I just want, I just wanted them to do and be their very best self. And I think because I did take on a mother role, whether or not that was something that like I necessarily should have, you know, had to do, but I took it very seriously. And so I looked at my brother and sister as more than just my siblings. Like I definitely looked at them as like, I take pride in them being successful, just like they take pride in me being successful because we do view ourselves as a team. And I think also, you know, our parents split up when Hunter was 10 and I was 14. And then we really had to band together 
as siblings to sort of make it through that kind of rocky time. Yeah. And I think that just brought us together so much and just created this environment of like, I want you to succeed and we're a team and we're kind of in the trenches together. Yeah. And so it's unique. Yeah. I, it's funny because we often get asked like, you know, was there any of that competition or was there any of that like jealousy, especially since we are in the same exact industry. And like, I don't know if we're different in this aspect, but I never have ever felt like, oh, there's this competition or this jealousy. And again, maybe it is that way that like our parents, like I can even count maybe on one hand that we've ever gotten like arguments. Like we just- Whoa ever allowed to like our parents were like no we respect one another here like you're going to grow up trust me you're going to need this person in your life and they were completely right and it's funny because you know the saying where it's like if you're in a room full of opportunity be the person that mentions someone's name like literally with everything I do like sports illustrated I'm like um, my sister my sister for this um, my sister for that like everything I do and I know it's the same with her I'm like well what about my sister you know so I think that is a really good thing. And we know that's, it's different than what a lot of other people experience. I was just going to say, I feel like that is very different. You know, having sisters, there were definitely times where like my sisters and I did not have a good relationship. We fought so much. And then you kind of get to this point where you see them from like, oh, they're not just my sister. They're like their own individual human being. And that, that shift kind of happens. And now we're at that place where we are like, friends and we can travel together and do stuff together but it sounds like your parents did a really good job at instilling like that respect and team aspect and I'm sure that's a huge testament to your success and where you both are now and working so well together absolutely we like owe so much to our parents and we owe so much to them creating these levels of confidence in us you know our mom was like you guys are the most beautiful souls to walk this earth like we never thought we were anything like and i'm sure your guys' parents were the same and maybe not though for some people it's not but we were yeah. literally like oh we of course we're going to be successful why wouldn't we be like yeah. our but mom also like so. be humble but also be humble <laughs> yeah. like our parents were very big yeah. on like yes you guys in like made us very aware of like our privileges and like don't tote it yeah, exactly. They'd be like, listen, you can do everything in this world, but like also you need to lift up the people around you. Like we grew up in a Christian household, but very much more in the sense of service. Like our parents took people in. We would have houseless people that would come in and they would, you know, house them, feed them, get them back on their feet. So we saw that growing up. And so my parents were like, you can do so much with what you've been given. You guys need to also continue to support one another though and lift one another and lift up your community. So it was like, I think it was just like a good balance of like encouraging us, but saying, okay, but you guys don't literally walk on water. So like yeah. understand <laughs> like you have yourselves. These, yeah. So like you guys have these great things and these great qualities, but go do something with it. Yeah. And I think that that was like game changing. Yeah. That's one thing I like look at both of you and I see just two beautiful, strong, successful women. And I know I I wonder how your mom played a role in that. I'd love to hear how she was like confidence and body image and that sort of thing talked about in your house. And if so, how, how was that handled? Yeah, it's funny. Our mom was actually a model in the seventies and the eighties. And she was signed with everybody like Wilhelmina Cooper signed her herself. Eileen Ford signed her herself. Like these top agencies, she's traveled the world. She was not a plus size model though, but 
she still knew what the industry was missing, right? And she still was like, oh my God, this is awful. Like I am a size zero and they're still telling me like she got sent home from a shoot in Mauritius Island because she was just like a little bit too thick for them. And she was like skin and bones. And so I think she saw all that and she was like, oh, I'm not going to raise my daughters this way. If I have daughters, like this is just not what it's going to be. So she never made food an issue. She never made our bodies an issue. It was always like, like, you're beautiful. You're perfect as you are. What do you mean? Don't listen to those people. Like it was just never an issue. And I think that really helped us in the way of just kind of like cultivating that confidence. A lot of our body issues and insecurities came from the outside, came from like media growing up, came from like the celebrities we looked at, came from tabloids and seeing things and being like, wait a second, is mom wrong? Like, You know what I mean? And I think that was a changing point. And now my mom sees what we're doing and women like you guys and so many women who are out there really kind of pushing this correct narrative of, okay, let's have, it doesn't even have to be body confidence, but just body neutrality, like owning every moment that our body goes through and every change it goes through. She is like applauding that. She's like, oh my God, I would be a different person if I had that in my day. She also always said that weight is such a boring thing to talk about. That's something our yeah. grandma, yeah. my grandma is from Iceland and in Iceland, there's literally none of that conversation, no. like body, all that stuff. For some reason, it's just not part of the culture. She was like, oh, it's so boring to talk. And about. she would always be like, God, it's so boring to talk about weight. And so we never heard our mom discuss anyone else's weight or her own. Wow. She never put herself down. She never put her friends down. She never like commented on something. Like, I can't tell you one time. Never our mom said something about somebody else's appearance that wasn't positive. Yeah. And you would almost want her to about like an ex-boyfriend or something, but she'd be like, yeah. oh honey, no, they're like going through it. And you're just like, mom, we're supposed to like, not like, <laughs> like, you know, that that's amazing, honestly, because my experience was completely different. And my parents, I feel like did such an amazing job of cultivating such a, a confidence in me. Like I always say that I really feel like they made me feel like if I wanted to be president of the United States, like, yeah, <laughs> that's obviously doable. Yeah, clearly. But there was always talk about food and weight and body image. And it wasn't just in my household. It was in my culture. It was in my church. And it was like everything was echoed of like, oh, she has such a pretty face. Mm-hmm. Like it was like said in the house, it was said about like everyone else. So and honestly, I think for a long time, I kind of was just like, well, that's how my mom was raised, too. Yeah, quite literally, Absolutely. like my 99 year old grandfather still comments on like everyone's body and our culture is like that, but it's so cool to, to know that everyone didn't grow up like that and yeah. that our moms are probably around the same age and that it wasn't just like the standard of the time. Like you, you can be raised differently. And yeah. I think that's just empowering moving forward too, especially as we have kids and raise them. Yeah. And it's all, we're all influenced by different things, whether it's our parents, whether it's our siblings, whether it's the outside world. I mean, in today's day, like my 12 year old stepdaughter has TikTok and she sees things that I'm like horrified that is Mm -hmm. out there and that she's, and then she relays things to me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, because I know my household is, I mean, we are nothing but positive and encouraging here, but you can't help what you're seeing out there in the world too. So it's very interesting the dichotomy of just today's day and like how our parents were raised, our grandparents, mm-hmm. how we were raised, how our next generation is going to be raised. Hopefully we have a little bit better grasp on it now. Um, I think it's so important. So important. Is there like anything that you're going to carry through with like raising your kids that you saw 
your mom do that you're like, okay, non-negotiable. This is a practice we're going to implement into our household for both of you. Yeah. Never, ever mentioning weight, never mentioning food. If you're not hungry, you're not hungry. If you're hungry, if you didn't finish your food, you didn't finish your food. I think that's the biggest thing. I actually, we actually just did a podcast episode um, a couple episodes ago about how I am like for Hudson, for instance, I will give him his whole meal together, including dessert. And it's no good or bad. It's not, oh, if you eat your broccoli, then you're rewarded with this. There's no rewards, right? Like for us, I think we live in a culture where it's so reward-based of like, oh, if you eat good, then you'll have this bad thing. Mm-hmm. We have that narrative in our head, which really deep down we all deal with, right? We're like, oh, I've been really bad this week. I'm going to eat healthy and then feel better and work out a little and feel better. And yes, those things do make you feel better, but that narrative is so important. So that is one thing that we are going to implement as far as like raising you know, Hudson and then this new baby on the way is like, my husband and I don't talk about food. We don't talk about weight, anything in front of our kids. We just don't. And we don't talk about like, oh, that's good. Or, oh, that's bad. Or I don't want to be naughty today. I just think that is just furthering a diet nightmare and we don't even realize it. And now studies are coming out kind of regarding that. And yeah, that's going to be something that we're going to carry forth. And I think one thing that my parents were really big on, and I kind of touched on it, but the idea of gratitude is something that I feel like we're hearing a lot about right now. But God, I feel like that mentality has saved us in so many ways. Our parents were so big on saying, listen, like you were given a lot in this life and you need to be very grateful for it. And when things are tough, that's totally okay. But if you look at the things around you that you can be grateful for, you know, like, you know, last year we lost our little brother and there is nothing in the world that can prepare you or can heal that pain. But the one thing that we all clung to was gratitude for what we still had. And I feel like that got us through so much and it's gotten us through our darkest times. And I just hope that with our family and God willing, we're blessed with children. We can kind of give them that. I feel like it's one of the strongest, most powerful tools that you can give. And it helps combat sort of the world that we're living in now of other people feeling like they're not enough. They don't have enough. They're not doing enough. I think it's one of the only ways to sort of soothe that in our culture of yeah, completely. keeping up with the Joneses and feeling like you're falling short. But as soon as you zoom out and you have that like moment of looking around at what you have, I really think that is such a game changer mentally. And it can really just save you in a lot of ways. So I hope yeah. that I can kind of like carry that in with our family. I mean, and that's so both of you, like, that's so beautiful. I'm like, why am I getting emotional? But that you have been through so much. And that's so true. Do you have any tips? Because I do think that we all can practice gratitude more. I think that's something that we don't do enough. And I think that's something like we all want to do. Do you have any tips for like some easy ways you can practice gratitude? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of people, they have gratitude journals and I started with a gratitude journal. Now I've kind of gone into, I do it during my meditation. I'm really, really, really big on meditation. It literally saved me. But I do feel like if you're able to write down three to five things that you're just grateful for every day, it sounds like it's like, oh, I don't want like one more thing, but I cannot tell you how much this will change your, your, your mental space. It helps you renew your mind, but writing down every night, five things and you will start accumulating this list of like, holy shit. Like there is so much that I still 
can be so positive and so grateful for. And it just is like, it's refreshing. refreshing. Don't wait for a tragedy to happen to be grateful. Like, please God, don't wait for a tragedy. That's the biggest thing is like a lot of times people are like, oh, because let me tell you, when a tragedy happened, you really realized how much you have to be grateful for and also how minuscule everything you ever stressed over Mm -hmm. was in your entire life. Like me stressing over my body now, I'm like, I wish that was the biggest of my concern. I wish that would be amazing. So don't wait for that. Do it now. Do it if things are good in your life. You know, I mean, again, we come from like a Christian household. We're like, pray when things are good, of course, but it's when times are bad that you need to really lean into that. Whatever you believe in the universe, God, mm-hmm. astrology, whatever it is, like lean into that and make sure you're, you're doing that throughout. Like, don't wait on that. I think that's so beautiful and truly a testament to both of your character. You've been through so much losing your brother. I can't even imagine. And to see how you're able to still, you know, be grateful and like live life to the fullest for your brother and do that is really beautiful. And just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm emotional. And I just admire you guys. I can feel your energy and it's really, really amazing. You have to, you don't, you have to, because guess what? On the other side, you don't want to be on the other side. You have to live life. Like this life is so short and it's so, so fragile and don't start living when a tragedy happens. Don't start being grateful when a tra- until a tragedy happens. Don't start enjoying life and taking a bite of it out of life until a tragedy happens. Do it now because we're all going to grieve at some point and we're all going to lose at some point. We are. That's just life where there's, where there's life, there is death. Where there's darkness, there is light. So just leaning into those positive things now is so important. I can't stress it enough because you don't want to look back and go, God, I really wasted a few years thinking about this or doing that. And what a bummer I could have been, you know, really taking a big bite out of life instead. How do you feel like this going through that and grieving a family member has changed you both? I mean, things. things I'm a different person. (laughs) Yeah. For better, for worse. I feel like grief, changes you so massively and deeply it's funny because they say it's like you join a it's the worst club to join but you almost like cross over into this group of people that unless you've experienced it you just aren't gonna understand like I had I knew people who lost close family members and we have lost like grandparents and that's obviously always really tough and hard. Any loss and any grief is so tough. But when you lose someone that is like so close, like our brother was, it was like losing an arm. I mean, that's really all we can like losing a body part because that's how close you are. That's how big of a loss it was. And to be honest, it took us a minute to, and I feel like we're still going through it. You know, I feel like grief is something that it's a lifetime. It doesn't get smaller. You just grow around it. It is possible to survive it. And we are testaments to that. It is a lot of work. And it it made us maybe, it made us look at life in just such a different way. Like it really contrasted the beauty and the darkness of life before it was very much more neutral (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What I've, what you were always known, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is what our family looks like. This is what traditions look like. Right. And now it's like, whoa, different. Yeah. And it's, I think it's also like, yeah, you look at life in such a different way and you're just like every day, like I better be fucking grateful, seriously, mm-hmm. because you just never know. 
and love on your family. Tell them you love them. Tell your best friends you love them. Tell the girl down the street, she looks gorgeous. Like do Mm. these simple acts because you just never know. And I know that's so cliche, but until you've experienced it, you just don't fully grasp it. I wish I didn't have to grasp it, you know, at this age either, but it's, yeah, you're a different person. You're, you are the person before that person passed. And then you are a new person after. That's just so important. I think because you're right, we all like kind of just go throughout our day and go throughout our lives. And a lot of times it's like me, 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 right. Or like focusing on things that really are actually so, so trivial. And I think like taking that time to tell the people in your life that you care about them, tell them that you love them, just be gracious to other people is not only so important for them, but also just for you and how you feel about yourself and life in general. Um, You guys grew up in LA, but you're now on two completely different coasts, right? Hunter, you're um, in New Jersey, Michaela, you're still in LA. Like how does that dynamic work with your family and especially going through grieving and like now having kids in the family does that distance hurt? Like, how does that feel emotionally? Do you want to be closer? Because this is something like I talk about a lot and like something I'm struggling with so far away from my family. How has that distance changed your dynamic? Has it, or has it brought you closer? I think, I don't know how it's possible, but somehow we've gotten closer. I mean, now Hunter and I are so close. I'm basically inside her. Like (laughs) it brought our parents back together, which I will say they were not on great terms for most of the last years. They literally lived together for six months. My mom, my dad, and my stepmom. Yes. They all lived together because it's it's a long story. (laughs) So they lost a child. Yeah. And, And our parents, they, there's, only each other on the planet that understand mm-hmm. those what they were going through. You know, we, Hunter and I had a loss, but they had a different type of loss, yes. loss of a son. So they needed each other and it brought them together in such a wild way. And then that brought us all as a family even closer together. And I remember for Christmas, we went to visit Hunter and we were there for like two weeks the, the whole best. family together stayed under my roof. It was the best. Yeah. And that we're doing moving forward. And it, it's that. super bittersweet as you can imagine, because you yeah. just, you're like, I, you are sad that it took what it took, but there is that, like, we are so close now. We've all been through something that has brought us together. I feel like the distance is always hard. I go see Hunter as much as I can. People literally think I live on the East Coast too. They think I'm bi-coastal because I'm always there. You basically are. You have yeah. a room here. Like literally every like six weeks I go see her. Yeah. And for me, that's just my priority. Like I feel like whatever your priorities are, totally fine, you know, and you can make things happen if they are your priority and you put them first. And like for me, I want to be around my sister. I want to be around my brother-in-law, my niece and my nephew and future baby. So Sadie and Hudson and next baby. But I just, yeah, I make it an absolute priority to go out there. And I'd rather do that than spend money on anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want those New Jersey flights. And now we're trying yeah. to get her to move here. And now she's trying to get us there. Everybody. We're trying to get Christina to move here. We're trying to get Michaela to move here. Everybody come to New Jersey. Come to the East Coast. It'll be a great time. Say less. Well, I think that's amazing how you've been able to foster your relationship personally and professionally through being literally across the country. Do you have any tips for people working with family or really close friends? I think, like we mentioned, 
respect that person, respect if they're different than you respect those differences. If they work differently than you respect those differences, otherwise don't get involved. I think that's like the key to, I think it's the key to a lot of things. Like people always ask like, what's the key to marriage? What's the key to friendship? What's the key to relationship? I think respect, like I I always hear like, oh, make each other laugh or have (laughs) fun. And it's like, yeah, but also I think you need to respect that person, right? Like, and who they are, respect their time, respect their values and their morals and what they believe in and know that it may differ, but having that respect is just so crucial. And I think- you'll see a lot of success in that. And and putting that relationship first above everything mm-hmm. is so important, like above every possible situation, just keeping that relationship is the most important thing to me. Like I'll say no to everything if it means that it would in any way impact our relationship negatively. Money, brands, opportunities, I'm like, yeah. absolutely no, if it would ever impact us in a negative way, like nothing yeah. is worth that. So keeping that at the forefront, I think it will also be really helpful. I think that's super important. And especially because like working together is different than being sisters and friends, right? You do have to like navigate those differences. So I do think respect is absolute key. You guys have had some insanely pivotal and like super cool career highlight moments this year. Like you were all, you two and your mom did the somersault campaign together, which was so cool seeing the three of you. What was that like working with your mom and doing that shoe all together? A dream. Which you were there too. Yeah, I know, I know. So That's fun. where we actually, was that where we all met in person for the first yeah. time? That's yeah. where you and Hunter met. Like, I, yeah. And then we met at the, um, was it Elemy? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Kyle Richards event. Yeah. That, but that's where you two met in person. Yeah. Yes. That uh, was such a cute, fun campaign. Yeah. We, I mean, that was a dream, I feel like, for us. Like, to have all three of us in something, who gets to do that? I mean, it was just so crazy the way it all ended up. I got that because of Kayla. Like, that's the thing. She mentioned my name in the room. Like, it, it kind of happened. Her agent booked her and then was like, oh, they also want your mom. And then she was like, what about my sister? And they were like, oh, yeah, we want all three of you. Like, let's just yeah. do all three of you. So, I love that. Yeah, it was cool to do it with my mom, who it was like her reprising her modeling role after so many years. And it was so fun. She just like killed it. I'm literally looking at the photo right now. It's literally on my desk. Yeah, it was it was so awesome. We had just like such a blast and felt so confident and so comfortable. That's so cool. So you guys go from that to then not only walking in the Sports Illustrated show together, but opening it. And it's like together, like that was such an iconic moment. I remember like getting ready to go to Greece and like, I was like, stop the packing, stop everything. Like do you see what's going on right now? It was such a cool moment for me. (laughs) It had nothing to do with me. So what was that experience like for both of you? Also a dream. Like what? Like we were both just like, wait, what? Like I know that when Hunter when Hunter let me know that they were going to be reaching out to me to walk with her, I was in the middle of a fitting for something else. And I was like literally screaming like internally. I couldn't do it out because I couldn't say anything yet mm-hmm. about it. And I was just like, like in the fitting room. And just to like be able to go to Miami and do that together. Um, we didn't know that we were opening the show until the run through that day. Oh, wow. So we were just excited to be there, to be walking the wow. show together. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, okay, you guys go up front because you guys are opening the show together. We were like, and Hunter and I were just like, 
What? No big deal. That's, That's so exciting. exciting. It was yeah, so it was it was so awesome. And it was just cool to like have that weekend. I mean, Sports Illustrated does it up. So it's like you're in the best hotel doing the best things. And it was just so fun to experience that with Michaela. And then we knew we were like, listen, we know this is going to make a splash because like people are obviously going to be upset. They're going to be like, oh, this isn't what we watched, what Sports Illustrated to look like, whatever. But we were like, okay, so let's do this. Let's go out and own it and like take our damn time and just like enjoy and bask in this moment. And it was so fabulous. It was so much fun and such a blessing to do with her. Yeah. Wait, was there a negative response? Because anything that I saw about it was all positive. I mean, all the articles that picked it up were amazing, but of course there's negative responses on DMs of like people who are like, oh, like we don't want to see this on Sports Illustrated, but that comes with the territory. It just, it it does like, I mean, I I don't know if you guys get like mean DMs like that. If you do anything as anybody who is even a little bit curvier or a little bit larger, people are like, Ooh, we don't like that. We don't want to see that. Yeah. Which Bill O'Reilly means... actually featured the thing and he had something to say on his Bill show. O'Re- no, Bill Maher. Oh, Bill Maher. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, he, yeah, Bill Maher. He had he, a little what did he say? Oh, I mean, it's just the typical, like, oh, like we're this promoting is, obesity. We're promoting mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I was just like, it, I was like, okay, it took a week for that to even get to me because like for me to find out about that, because I was like, you're so, babe, you're irrelevant. Like how does it take <laughs> yeah. me seven days? You're like, I didn't even know your name. I thought you were Bill O'Reilly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought it was Bill O'Reilly. Like, <laughs> who are you? How embarrassing. Yeah. And so you, you get that kind of stuff here and there. I think one of the, some of the comments I got to say, I love a good slam. I love, I love a, slam, a good yeah. slam. It makes me giggle. And I think one of them was like, oh, nothing runs in those jeans. And I was Oh I'm sorry, but you have to like, you, here's the thing. You think you're offending us. We're giggling. We're either giggling or we're just mm-hmm. like, oh, like, are, are you upset? I'm in Miami with a Sports Illustrated. Like where or someone right. have a literal person who pours our coffee every morning for us right here. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, there's nothing. And also I'm a Sagittarius. Like I can take <laughs> any heat you throw my way. You could say the meanest thing to me and it is going to bounce right back off of me. Like, that is just like, you can't, you can't touch me in that way. But yeah, I feel like there was a little bit of heat for sure. But sometimes the heat is like, it like just, they think that they're hurting it, but they're just making it more popular. Yeah. It yeah. just fires the flame even more or fuels the flame. I think that's fires what it is. The flame. Yeah. It fires the flames. It fires <laughs> the flames. No, but th- that's amazing though, because I think that a lot of people can, let those comments get to them. Absolutely. And obviously yeah. you guys have been doing this for a while. I feel like I'm really good at laughing off bad comments too. And obviously it just depends on like what you're listening to and what you're seeing. Right. Because like for me in this bubble of a world I live in, I thought nothing but anything positive. And like, it didn't even cross my mind that there was like negativity around that. Cause it was just so iconic. So I think that just for anyone listening, it's just like, it's who you surround yourself with, wow. right? Like what you want to see, like, and it's sometimes it's easier to like follow people who lift you up. Right. And follow totally. that voice too. So, yeah. I also feel like when you know yourself well enough, there are comments that will not touch you because you just know that they're not true. And I think it took us some, it took me a minute to get to that point. But like, if someone was to ever say, you're not a good sister. I'd be like, you could say a lot of things about me, but like, that sure ain't true. And I think that when you get to that place of like knowing who you are, it's so much easier to like 
just brush off those comments because you're like, that's not true, but carry on. The best comment back is just, which is my favorite is don't be a silly goose. Like just comment back, just say, don't be a silly goose. And they just get so mad because they're like, this isn't the response I wanted. And you're just like, you're being silly. Yeah. Oh, mine is like, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Well, and Hunter, you were pregnant, right? While you were walking the show. I was so funny. We literally, I was like, we found out what a month before Kayla, like no, three and a, a half week, week, a week before because oh, we found out a week. No, it was a couple weeks before. Cause then you came back. Remember I came. So I, so it was like maybe two weeks. So I had visited New Jersey and Hunter and I, she thought she was, she thought she was pregnant when I was there and we went and got a pregnancy test and we took, she took it in the bathroom with me. We were both standing there. Yeah. Like I basically had like the stick under her. Pee. <laughs> You're like, I told you I'm pretty much inside of her. I told you I'm like, <laughs> like, inside of her. Like I just had the stick, like basically. And I saw it first. She was like, you need to look, I'm too nervous. Like, so I saw it come yeah. up pregnant first. And like, that's a, that was such a cool moment for us. Cause she wasn't able to obviously do that with Hudson. So this was such a cool moment for us. And then we knew we were doing Sports Illustrated the next week. So I was flying back to LA and then I was going to meet her in Miami. And it was just so funny because it was so new still. How many weeks were you at that point? Like five, four? Well, the way it works, which is so weird, it goes to like your last period, whatever. So technically it would be like six weeks. But I was like, oh my God, I hope I'm not nauseous. But then of course, all the girls are like drinking and having fun. And I'm just like, ice water and you know what I mean like you always have to like kind of play it off a certain way like, I just need to stay hydrated yeah like, it's, it's so, so hot, hot and humid here yeah exactly I was like running to get hunter water every every like opportunity I could and I'm sure everyone was like what's going on there like why is she concerned about her hydration <laughs> she's a grown woman and in my head I'm just like, like not being able to talk about that and then knowing yeah. that she was pregnant walking down the runway so cool no one else knew but our family it was just so wild yeah. That is so cool. Hunter, Hunter, I feel like you and I are like literally in the exact same stages of life. We have we are little boys pretty much around the same age and now we're both pregnant again. How has life been for you navigating motherhood, which is like just a full journey in itself, let alone being a working mom who's just like killing it and doing a million different things? It's interesting. It's like before I had Hudson, I was like, okay, I can do it all. People do it all and they do it all. But then I was like, I think maybe two, three weeks and I was like, oh no, I need help. And I realized with my job, my kind of job, I was like, I just can't function and be a hundred percent me, be a hundred percent the best mom I can be and be a hundred percent at work. So the best thing we ever did was get a nanny, which was absolutely amazing. Whether it's daycare, nanny, whatever it is, like if you can get the help, get the help, like so that you can just function and do things for yourself. I felt so guilty about that at first. I would literally, I would be up here. My nanny would be downstairs and I would be sobbing. I would be sobbing, even though my child was literally one flight of stairs away from me. But the now I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm so grateful for that because I was just, I mean, listen, I was all, my brother did pass a month before I gave birth to, like yeah. I was grieving. I was new to motherhood. It was just so much at once. But I think that there's still so much craziness about it. It's so funny. I never understood the term being a stay-at-home mom as a full-time job until I became a mom. And I was like, oh no, you don't understand. It's a full-time job. There is no vacation. There is no time off Mm -hmm. 24 hours, three, six, five 
always. Um, and I just have so much respect now. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. It is the most rewarding job in the world. Like I love my son more than anything in this world. He is everything to me. And I know you feel the same, Christina. It's like, I didn't think that I was capable of this kind of love. Like I've experienced other loves in my life before I, I had Hudson. I would cry because I was like, oh, I hope I love him as much as I love my dog, Stella. Mm-hmm. And now I see Stella in the morning and I'm like, sup? Like I bear, like I am just <laughs> like so enamored with this child. And it's been such an amazing journey. That's so excited. Do you have any moments that stick out to you as like maybe like your best moments as a mom so far, or maybe even the biggest struggles you've had so far? I think the best moments are always when it's just like when I'm walking him to sleep and he's just like so Mm -hmm. sweet and just like staring at you. And especially like, like I still rock him to sleep and he's 16 months. Like I still do it. The most challenging for me was breastfeeding. I thought I was going to be able to do it. I did it for two months and I was so depressed and I was so anxious and exhausted. And I was like, okay, I have to hang this up and just do formula with my next pregnancy. I think I'm just going to go straight into formula because I just know, I just don't think it's for me. Like I thought I was going to have this like really beautiful moment of like breastfeeding and like having this kind of like euphoric state. And I just wasn't at all. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an interesting and hard thing that I feel like there's so much pressure to breastfeed and it's so much more challenging than people say, and everyone has an opinion on it. And it's like, no one knows what's right for you and your baby other than you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Obviously you grew up super confident and like that carries through so many different aspects of your life. Did you always have like a confidence in going into motherhood or no? Or is that something you had to learn as well? Oh my God. No, I had no idea what I'm doing. I still don't do it. Does anyone know what they're doing? Like, I think moms are just every day. We're kind of like, I guess I'm just going to wing it again today. Like, I don't think any of us know really what we're doing. We just kind of like love on this person and like, make sure to give them the best of us and the best things in the world. But I think that like, there's just no, there's no formula for it. There's really isn't. And because they're so, kids are so malleable. Like they're so, and they're so different. Every day is different. And I had no idea. I was like, oh, okay. Newborn sleep, they sleep. So I guess all sleep. Yeah, right. That just isn't the case. And I think that you have to give yourself so much grace as a mom because it's just so different every single day. If things were the same, like we would all just be like raising little robots. Totally. And Michaela, how has it been for you, like being in settling into your auntie role and supporting Hunter and vice versa, Hunter supporting you as you guys are in these different stages of having kids and not having kids? Yeah, I it's I love the auntie role so much. I love to call myself the rich auntie because I will like blow in. (laughs) I give the toys, we play, we goose around and then I'm like, bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) and that's truly like I love I love it I have I have a goddaughter I have Hudson my husband his brother has a son you know we have Sadie it's like I have so many just littles around me and it is so fulfilling like it's just amazing I will say one of the best things is just seeing how in tune Hunter is with Hudson. I think it's the most fascinating thing I've noticed about any of my friends who have children. The way that the mom is so in tune with the baby is like insane. I mean, Hunter will know 
when he's going to cry and what he's crying about before it even happens. I've never seen anything. I mean, she'll be like, she'll be like, you guys have three minutes, three minutes until he has a full meltdown, two minutes, (laughs) two minutes till meltdown, 30 seconds. And then it's boom, right on cue. And and Hudson's like, "Ah!" and I'm like, how the hell did you do that? It has been the most fascinating thing in the world, seeing her become a mom. I always knew Hunter was going to be an incredible mom. She's always been nurturing. She has always been, I mean, she was a nanny for many years. She was nurturing to our brother. And I just, I knew that it was going to be something that she fell into. And seeing her just, I mean, especially at the same time experiencing grief, to see her come out of that and just have been such an incredible mom. And she continues to be an amazing mom. It's just been the best experience. It's been like the most, and it's inspiring in so many ways. Like Hunter helped me through grief. And I was like, I thought I was going to be the one that had to be the strong, but Hunter was like, no, we, you saying, she's like, I'm not letting this take away from the joy of being pregnant. I'm not going to let this take away from the joy of my baby. And that was really inspiring for me. So it's been an inspiring journey. It's been beautiful to see her become a mom and just like flourish and highly recommend your friends getting pregnant and having babies. <laughs> you need to hang it up and put it on the shelf for a minute. That's okay too. Because <laughs> that's where we're at kind of like, we definitely want to have kids down the line. But I'm like, I have all these like nieces, nephews. I have like my goddaughter. I'm like, I have so many around me right now. So I'm yeah. enjoying that. It's just been an amazing time. I feel like in our lives, we talked about it our whole lives. Like, and now you're living it. Isn't that funny when you talk about like with your sister? It's like, oh, I can't wait till we're in this oh stage, and and then it's like, whoa, we're in it. You're in this stage, yeah, totally. So it's so it's so crazy. And then her having another, I'm just like, oh, I know it's just crazy. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be really wild. I'm just like, oh my gosh, the newborn stage is just like. So well, so that's why I need everybody just Christina and I really, if you guys could be selfless, just like we need all hands on deck, everybody with us at all times. I'll be out there. I literally, when when Hudson was born, we were out there. We all took turns flying out. So it was like my mom would go out, then my dad and then me. And it would be like, you've got morning shift. It's yes. like Hunter very much is like all hands on deck for these babies. No, it takes We're a all village. having a baby. It really does take a village. Yeah, it does. And I, people were like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I need help. Like, like everyone I- come to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> confirm she's not afraid to ask for help. <laughs> oh, my well, God. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited for the four of us and our futures back East as well. <laughs> like the foursome, I think that everyone needs in their lives um, and all of our, like the next steps. I'm so excited for your family as well. Oh, thank you. And we're so excited for you girls. And yeah, Christina, you got to get out here. Michaela, you got to get out here and we could just have, you know what? We could just do a TCC XMCP live shows in Manhattan. That would be epic. I mean, we'll just really do it up. It'll be like, we'll be like the Spice Girls of podcasting. Oh my God. (laughs) That that. sounds amazing. That's amazing. We all kind of have different hair colors. So I feel like it makes sense. I love that. I'll wear my hair curly too. I feel like that will just oh, be like yeah. the extra yeah. spice we need. Yeah. The Greek spice. Greek, the Greek spice. spice. <gasps> Greek spice. Okay, wait. I love Grecian this. goddess spice. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, oh my God. Okay, pimp yourselves out. Where can everybody find you? Let us I'm know. at Michaela McGrady. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-M-C-G-R-A.
ady on everything instagram tiktok twitter but like follow my twitter at your just really think about it because i'm very discretion <laughs> Like I get, I'm, I'm very vocal on there, so <laughs> have fun. And then I am at Hunter McGrady on all socials: H U N T E R M C G R A D Y. And then you can follow the Model Citizen Podcast on Instagram. And then we drop in new episodes every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it'll be perfect because we did a podcast swap, so you'll be listening to our episode on Tuesday, and then you guys can head over to their episode on Thursday and hear what we chat about there. Yay. Thanks, Thank ladies. you guys so much. <laughs> the Confident Collective is coming to New York City, baby. Rayanne and Christina, October 30th, live from City Winery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say from on SNL. On- from New York. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. It's going to be so much fun. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, what are you waiting for? It is going to be a night of fun surprises, guest appearances, and it's Halloween weekend. Like, like this is going to be epic. Everyone wants plans on Halloween weekend. We are literally saying, come hang out and have the time of your life. Are you kidding with me? With us. We are literally throwing you a Halloween party. We are giving you the best event of the year to come to and you do not want to miss it you don't want to miss it so what are you waiting for click the link in the show notes and get your tickets now see you on october 30th thank you so much for tuning in today for more information on this episode check out the show notes on our website theconfidentcollective.com and find us on instagram at confident collective And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us. 